I'm Dan Blewett. I'm your co-host of the Morning Brushback podcast. Thanks for being here. I'm joined uh, remotely from Chicago. Bobby Stevens is here. How are you, sir? I'm doing good. Good morning. And we are joined remotely. We have an awesome guest today, Jeremy Nowak. How are you, sir? Good, man. Thanks for having me. And if you don't know who Jeremy Nowak is, Bobby, fill us in. Jeremy Nowak, former teammate of mine uh, with the Baltimore Orioles, professional baseball player, current construction uh, estimator, and long drive, long drive uh, professional. So got a golf pro on the the show today. And how far can you hit a golf ball? What's your farthest drive, either in competition or in a a real... uh, in simulation um, round yeah so in my uh my short career so far in uh, long drive i uh, uh 393 is my furthest in competition and then uh uh scramble tournament last season i drove a 422 yard green and stuck it pin high in a in a bunker so um Oof. wind yeah, winded your face me. yeah no i had a little wind on that one on my back but <laughs> Man, so three ninety three. Do you guys do you guys give each other uh, like a hard time when you're when you're standing around if you don't have four hundred uh, by your resume? <laughs> do all these guys? Yeah. Is that like the is that like the benchmark for some of these guys? Um, not really, man. I mean, like if we have even the slightest wind at our back, which I haven't hit yet, uh, which is crazy. Um, but but yeah, slightest wind you'll get guys hitting four hundred plus consistently. I guess a qualifier in Yucca Valley, California, which was supposed to be the first one I was going to go to this season before it got canceled. Uh, they had consistent twenty mile an hour winds at their back. So I think the top fifty drives, even in the entire uh, qualifier, with a bunch of guys that didn't even make it, were hitting it over four hundred yards. Which guys Jeez. and other guys hitting it four hundred and seventy five yards and stuff like that. So, so yeah, Yikes. it's. Uh, it's pretty wild when you get to that level. So when did you realize that you had this, this talent? I mean, you've been golfing your whole life or was this like just playing part-time like while you're playing baseball or what's your, what's your golf, uh, your golf journey look like? Yeah. So, I mean, it was in my college days, my brother-in-law, uh, kind of got me into it and he, uh, yeah, right away it was kind of unlike most baseball players that grab a golf club and start swinging it where, you see those high slices and they're hitting the ball hard. Um, but it's going everywhere for me. I just always hit it straight and I don't know for years. I didn't really play much golf. I might go oh, out. I've lost him. Do you hear him? Yeah, I got him. Um, Oh, can you, you got me? Oh yeah. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Yeah. So, um, as far as, um, as far as golf and I only get out maybe 10 times, five, 10 times a year, And it wasn't until about three years ago when I tried that, that unique step in my swing at a top golf and it just happened to go straight. It just made sense to walk up to the ball and hit it like that. And I don't think (laughs) if it went so straight, I would have kept doing it, but tried it a few more times, had my buddy record it for me. And this was before I even started Instagram and stuff. So I had that video on my phone for, for quite some time. And about six months into having the Instagram page growing, you know, with all the baseball impersonations and stuff like that, uh, I was running out of videos. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to post one of these videos, see how it does. And it was like one of my most viewed videos was my golf swing. I'm like, wow, that's pretty crazy. So, uh, so yeah, after that, I started trying to build the, the YouTube channel and, um, I figured I'll see if they have any local qualifiers or anything like that. And I'm going to try to 
try to go in there with my unique swing and uh, see what happens. Worst case scenario, I just get some content of me swinging like a goofball against all these guys. So, uh, yeah, it was about three swings into it. I hit a 387 yard drive and I was beating everyone by over 30 yards. And I'm like, okay, well, this is what I want to do now. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Got a hidden talent. You didn't even know you had. Exactly. <laughs> but so Dan, you, what, you good what, over there? Uh, it, it's questionable. If you can hear me, then I'm good. If you can't hear me, then I'm not good. I'm having Wi-Fi issues that I can't really resolve, but Hey, we're going to push through it. If anyone heard that. <laughs> so, um, Jeremy, what, um, what would you attribute your crazy power to? Um, I think just a, a lot of years of baseball training. Um, I have a lot of aspects in my golf swing that is, uh, relevant from baseball, which actually I'm trying to get away from because there's, uh, there's some parts of the swing that I need to develop to be faster. There's guys right now, I would say I'm in the top, probably 10 to 15 fastest in the world right now with the golf club. And, uh, you know, to get to the top, you know, three to five guys, there's uh there's certain things in a, a golf swing that has to happen. Cause I'm swinging a much lighter object at a slightly different angle than a baseball bat. But yeah, but yeah, as far as my natural, like my abilities to hit the ball far, a lot of it just comes from training a baseball swing. Cause there are, you know, just like there are a lot of aspects that are different. There's a lot of aspects that are the same as well. So that explosive power and stuff like that and stuff I've been developing for years. But yeah, did so you talk hit a tank, little bit. tanks on Bobby? Come on, Dan. I got this. <laughs> but did you hit tanks on the baseball field? I mean, like, there's got to be a huge carryover correlation, whatever you want to call it. From, I mean, how how you're what six one, six two? Is that right? I think I read your I'm stats. Six, yeah, I'm like six one, six six sometimes, depending on what convenience store I'm coming out of. But uh, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, no, I'm six one. I'm about uh, two fifteen. I mean, um, how far did you just destroy <laughs> baseballs? I mean, like, did you have disproportionate yeah, I mean, pop as a as a player? I mean, I was professionally i would consider myself power wise a five o'clock hitter um but uh but yeah was, i had a lot of trouble translating that into games i, uh, I was more of a double probably frozen yeah you're frozen right now now we don't need dan at this point <laughs> no if i freeze uh, just let me go okay <laughs> but uh but yeah so as far as uh as far as my power goes i've always had natural power um with the baseball bat, even coming into college at Stony Brook and stuff like that, you know, coming out of high school, I could always hit the baseball far. And then, uh, so the power has always been there. I think even after my career was over, I developed even more because I kind of stepped away from, from pretty much everything, got to rebuild my swing from the ground up with my baseball swing. So I actually post videos on my Instagram channel every now and then comparing my professional swing to, to now. And it's wild how much of my lower half I never used uh, professionally uh, as opposed to now. And I could see it during batting practice and stuff like that. I just feel like it's a lot easier power. But, but yeah, so I, I definitely say I had uh, some, some pop with the baseball bat. Yeah, so and we were talking um, before we went live a little bit just about that, like that, you know, because Bobby's a hitting coach. You played pro baseball. I was a pitching coach or still am a pitching coach. Um, and some kids just like have this power to like wind their body up and unwind it naturally. Mm -hmm. Like they're, you know, good throwers are usually good hitters. I mean, good hitters can usually throw hard. Now, I'm not saying they're like good pitchers or whatever, but you know, you see like these major league draft picks that can destroy a ball 
they can also like throw 92 from the outfield or whatever, right? This seems like there's a consistency. And it probably, I would imagine it often carries over to swinging a golf club. Like at the very least, you probably have better than most people. But um, I mean, you have like disproportionate, like crazy power. And of course, that's obviously to your hard work and training. And I'm not undercutting any of that. But there's definitely, I think, and my business partner who also did hitting, we talked about this a lot, like some kids, their bodies, and I say kids a lot, but just athletes, baseball players, softball players, their bodies just seem to know how to like wind it up and get everything going at like the same time. They just have like this synchronicity in their body. Do you feel that way? Like, I mean, would you say that there's something fundamentally unique about guys that can just destroy a golf ball 400 yards? Like you see something they can do a little different than other people? Well, yeah. And that's where um, it's just getting wild training because everything now, I mean, I have a, a, a very nice simulator I, I carry around with me everywhere. If I go to the range or if I'm, I'm, I'm training. So I, I track all my speeds at all times. And, and even with baseball, you know, I hit on a hit track system. I give lessons as well, baseball lessons. And that's a huge part of what I teach is, uh, is sequencing and, um, and the rhythm of everything. Cause, cause even with my, my golf training, like I have, I'm going uh, 1230 today for training and, you know, even comparing my last two sessions, I could feel this, the, uh, the kinetic chain working, uh, on one day, it just seems effortless. And I could feel, you know, the top of my swing where I'm turning everything around, where the timing of my lower half and my hands are just perfect. And, uh, and then you see the club head speeds up, you know, two or three miles an hour, the ball speeds are up another five miles an hour. So like, and that's like a day to day thing where, you know, I have to keep swinging, um, you know, sometimes it'll take me 50 swings. Sometimes it'll take me 120 swings to find that sequence, um, with my golf swing, but it's the same thing with baseball. I think, uh, a lot of my lessons that I teach, I got, a, I got kids that have natural power, but it's a lot of, uh, you know, tension in their swing. And once mm-hmm. I can loosen up that tension to where we could almost build some momentum with our load, like, um, yeah. yeah. And then it's a lot easier power. And then you see those numbers go up. Um, too, which is pretty cool. So. It's interesting that you, you know, you're talking about the connect chain, all that stuff with the golf swing. Is there a golf coach that specializes in long drive swing and, you know, maximize smash, smash coach, smashing <laughs> yeah. golf balls. Like have you oh, found yeah. somebody that that's like specializes that has done this before, it seems like pretty, uh, like a pretty niche, you know, part of the golf world. Yeah. So there's, uh, there are, long drive coaches uh the most winningest right now he's in north carolina i went there to get fitted for driver uh about two months ago now and uh and spoke with him a little bit um as far as working with the coach i I found someone locally uh one of my one of my friends in high school she she married uh, a, a guy he's a he's a pt and his partner went for TPI training. So they, they go through a certification certification process where they could break down a golf swing, figure out where you're straining yourself, uh, whether it's your hips, your lower back, uh, your shoulders, your neck, wherever it is. And they, they give you a ranking system and they basically try to figure out ways under load to adjust your body. And I guess the way he explained it is trying to like, you know, straighten out your spine so where you could spin faster, you keep everything tighter where you could rotate quicker, um, with the golf swing, that's their goal. And it's, it's pretty wild. This, this is going to be my, my second full week working with him and just seeing 
where my body is restricted um, compared mm. to guys that are able to maximize those things. It, it's, it's pretty insane things that I would never even, you know, think about, and I was never trained for, I never talked about it and stuff like that. It's, but I'm all, I'm all for it. I mean, you, you know how it is with baseball. It's, you know, um, both hitting and, and, and pitching, you know, you find something you could work on every day. That's part of the fun is, yeah, is actually right. making those adjustments and, and seeing how much better you can do when you commit to, to a certain change. So it, it, I'm excited about it. So are you allowed back at top golf? I've seen videos of you at top golf and you're just like <laughs> pumping them over the net, just like into, into the houses and probably just bringing terror to like little girls watching TV. And they're like, how do you, like, can you go to top golf? Like I've seen you there, but like, what's the, what's the story? You just pumping them out of there. Yeah. It's, it's funny. Cause like I've heard people saying they're getting kicked out and stuff, but I honestly had like, Probably last time I was at Top Golf, I had about 20 people surround me watching, and maybe five of them were workers. And like, it, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the the way I'm swinging or how far they're actually going. I don't know what it is. I mean, the the Top Golfs I've I've hit at, they don't have anything over the nets. Um, some of the videos that I've posted where I am hitting it over the net was at a drive shack where there was a Wawa across the street, <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> a lady actually came back to drive shack with a golf ball because the golf ball landed near her car. And, uh, <laughs> that's when they asked me to stop hitting it over the net. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they, they share my videos. They'll comment on it too. Uh, top golf would, I mean, I think they like the publicity, like those, those yeah. views are insane that I get off of them. Um, so I don't think they, uh, I think they find the trade off to be okay. So I don't know. I just picture someone with like her Wawa meatball hoagie just like out there and just like boop, just ball golf ball just like replaces a, a meatball. But no, that's why are, I mean, are you making your rounds with these top golfs or you just keep going to the same one and then you're now you're a local celebrity there? <laughs> no, I've uh I've been to the Orlando one was my first one and then I've gone to Tampa a few times. I've been to Myrtle Beach. I just just me on trips when I'm in the area. But actually is I went to Nashville. Uh, which was the one that I posted uh, that got, you know, it's been getting crazy views uh, with the, with uh, Connor, the guy working there asking me to stop hitting it over the net. But um, I, it was funny. I went to the Nashville one. It was my first time ever in Nashville and I was there for the ABCA uh, baseball mm -hmm. convention. And I walk into the top golf. I take two steps in. There's a, there's a, a guy he's probably like six, five, six, six standing at the front desk with a bunch of friends. And he turns and he turns back to the desk and he turns again. He's like, Jeremy Nowak. I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, the swing man. I was like, yeah. He's like, dude, I'm your biggest fan. I'm like, I've been here for two seconds. And then all of a sudden, like I had my whole row of like the second story doing the Nowak step and trying to <laughs> pose out. And they're asking me for tips and stuff. It was, it was pretty cool, but I've never been to Nashville. And the fact that someone just came up to me, the first person I saw, in Nashville awesome. knew who I was. It was pretty wild. Well, speaking of that, I mean, let's talk about like the, the business aspect of this. So, you know, like long drive is one of those not necessarily going to pay the bills until you're probably like getting sponsored by lots and lots of people, I would assume. So what is it like, you know, you're going to probably pave a pretty nice career out with long drive. Do you do appearances? Like what's, what's the hustle look like? Yeah. So that's where, you know, for me, this is, this would have been my first sponsored season. So my first season altogether, which is pretty rare. Like 
guys don't usually come in their first full season and have full sponsorship. So like mm -hmm. I, my whole season wasn't going to be covered, um, uh, with everything. And, and then some with my sponsors and that was through my channel, uh, being able to, to reach out to companies on my own and, and, uh, and figure out how to do that. But, but yeah, I mean, with, with long drive, it's, it's a sport that's trying to grow. So you're absolutely right. Like, unless you're getting consistently in the top eight, <clears throat> you're not really making a living off of it. A lot of the long drivers right now, they do, uh, they, you know, go around the country and do appearances, uh, different places. For me, I was, you know, it's just to give you guys, I guess, a little context as far as what I do, you know, my, my day usually consists of, I do, uh, sales appointments for construction morning for a family business that my father owns. And, uh, and then I give baseball lessons in the, uh, afternoons, uh, typically, you know, during fall, winter and spring. So obviously spring, spring and summer will kind of die down a little bit now that they're all out playing, but, but, uh, I do long drive, uh, YouTube and, uh, and uh, Instagram. So trying to figure out schedule wise, what would work for me, uh, to get more exposure with my long drive and being able to kind of figure out a way to make, you know, make money off of it is, is one thing. So, so yeah, like I said, being my first year, being where I was ranked, I, my mindset coming into this season was to get my rankings up as high as possible. So, mm -hmm. and, and to do that was all about training and staying focused and then kind of see where it, where it took me from there. So that's kind of where it was planning on this year kind of changed a little bit with everything going on so gotcha and your sponsor now so i see stinger um all over your shirt are yeah. they like a like what kind of company are they are they specifically like on the long drive side are they just a, a regular golf company or do they have any kind of niche in uh in long drive so well actually stinger sports gear so this is the uh they made my shirt up so they do a lot of apparel stuff for for any sport um, they started off as primarily baseball and softball, but they make jerseys and stuff like that. But out, on top of that, they also have awesome equipment. So like they, uh, they make customized wood bats. They just came out with their first BB court, which is in the mail, uh, for me right now to, to kind of test out. And, uh, but they do all my apparel. So like my, this hat right here, this is my, my yeah, clothing cool line, logo. I like I your guess. logo. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Um, I have this on the back of this polo too, but, uh, as far as, as far as Stinger, they've been with me from the start. Brandon Eaton, who's the owner, me and him actually play baseball together in like men's leagues. And he's, uh, we just played a couple of tournaments together. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so when I started the channel, he ran into one of my videos when I had like a thousand followers. And he, he said, man, I could see a huge, you know, I could see something mm -hmm. in this. And, and basically the trade off, you know, you send me all this cool stuff to wear and, and bats and, fielding gloves and all this stuff. So, um, so yeah, That's I kind cool. of been with them from the start, but then I got, you know, crank who ma manufactures the, uh, long drivers. They, they won all three divisions last year. Uh, so, so I get my drivers from them and then, uh, yeah, so I have, uh, and then encore golf, actually encore is pretty cool. Cause they're a local golf ball company. They, they manufacture golf balls and they're based out of Buffalo. So all these guys are Buffalo born, um, guys that, I kind of something to do, to. right? I mean, it's yeah. just snowing constantly and just like att attack from <laughs> yetis and mountain goats and whatever else happens in Buffalo. So it sounds like oh, a good they're occupation. Calling, they're calling for snow tomorrow. So I Ew. don't think it's going to happen, but. <laughs> Are they yeah. really? 
They are. That's... They are. It's terrible because it's it's like sixty degrees out right now. I can't see it actually snowing, but. We'll so see. how much how much different is that is that driver you're using for the competition yeah, as opposed I'm, to like the one that I would use and when I'm going out, you know, yeah. Bobby has a Fisher Price, a Fisher Price uh, <laughs> set. Yeah. So the, the the little Bertha. Mm-hmm. Oh nice. <laughs> no, so so I guess a lot of people um don't know this, but actually long drivers are USGA conforming. So Tiger Woods could grab my long driver and use it in his next tournament if he wanted to. Hmm. So yeah, they used to be, uh, I think five years ago, they used to be longer uh, and outside of that regulation, but they wanted to make it a little more fitting, you know, to the sport. So so everything's USGA conforming. So it's a max 48 inches long. So your typical drivers are anywhere, you know, around 44, 45 inches. So the driver's longer to create more club head speed. And um, where typical people that golf would use anywhere between like a regular flex and a stiff uh i actually have both so i have i have a almost like a senior flex one so it's more whippy um but i also have a uh triple x stiff uh shaft in my club and then as far as the loft uh typical drivers are around 10 to 12 degree launch um or uh, angle and my drivers are uh three to four degree um launch for my driver so the whole idea with, and this is another wild part of long drive is you have your club head speed, your ball speed, but also ball spin is like, is create like crazy more important than the speeds. So obviously you need enough speed to compete, but, but at a certain point, like I've, I've hit the ball on uh, track man, 219.4. Like I can hit a ball 211 that could go further than that 219. Uh, if I have better spin rates on it. So, uh, so that part of my game with the clubs I use, you want to try to get the ball as high as you can with the least amount of spin. So when it's landing into the ground, it's almost like an airplane uh, coming in. So you get the, cause they, they count the roll too in long drive. So that's another factor. So why is it so much lower than a typical driver just for that exact factor? Like, you know, you can hit it far enough where it'll eventually get the height that you want at five degrees versus eight eight or 10 or 12 yeah so it's a, it's about spin so where you like you take a uh you take someone driving on tour um you know you watch on tv these guys playing on a regular course they'll hit their eight or nine degree driver with uh you know with a lot of backspin so they'll hit around probably like 2500 rpm some of them to keep the control so they want it kind of landing to where they can control their landing zone with long drive, you have six shots to try to get one in play as far as you can. So, uh, so as far as the lower loft, you just take a lot of spin off. So where on TV, their approach angle into the ball might be two or three degrees coming up on the ball to kind of dead the spin down. We're swinging at around anywhere between seven and 11 degrees up on the ball with our low loft driver, uh, to create lift, uh, with less spin. So, Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, and it's stuff that, you know, when I went into it last year, I've never trained. So I just, the guy coming off of a driving range and, um, and just swinging as hard as I can. That's all I cared about. I was like, why do these guys even focus on all this other stuff? Just hit right. the ball as hard as you can. And now that I'm actually getting measured for all my stuff and, and training, it's like crazy to see how much I, you know, I'm improving distance wise. Cause that's what it's all about you know, on top of just speed that I'm increasing, it's, uh, my ball spin numbers are a lot better and, 
I'm just getting a lot more distance. So I'm, I am very excited to get on the tee box against, you know, all these guys again now that I have some training under my belt. Well, it seems like you could go ahead, Bob. I was going to say, how much different was it when you got that, when you got the long drive driver? Like, what are you at? Do you pull your, do you pull the long drive driver out when you're just out, you know, playing a charity event or, you know, a, a golf outing or are you taking the regular driver and how, what's your difference there? Like, are you normally three 30 off the tee with a standard driver that Dan and I would use? Yeah. So I have, well now crank, uh, I, I do have a six and a half degree play driver, which is still very low, but I was playing with an eight degree ping driver for, for years and speed wise, cause I do have a, a different swing too. So I have, I have my golf swing and then I have my long drive swing, uh, with the step. So, uh, if I am playing a charity tournament, if it's a scramble tournament, I'm absolutely doing my step. Uh, if someone gets it in the fairway. I'm, I have my long driver out. I'll sacrifice a wedge to have two drivers in my bag. And, uh, <laughs> and basically I'll just, I'll do the step. So, uh, yeah, my normal drive, you know, I'll, I'll typically carry it. 320 to 350 and then as opposed to my long drive i'm carrying it about 375 um and you know up to 400 yards depending on the wind so hmm. i'm just debating whether or not to jump in this because i'm i feel like that is it is it supplementing jump in jump jump in what uh, just <laughs> buying a long driver and going to the range i got time dan i got nothing but time right now well i was gonna say this sounds like a good social distancing sport you could just like be up on a little mountaintop just pumping balls into the, the abyss like, well we I, yeah us us long drivers so we have a marco polo and there's like 20 of us long drivers around the world um that that we all talk back and forth and we we think that uh the golf channel missed a huge opportunity with long drive because they sponsor you know they own long drive so or world long drive so um so as far as like all these sports getting shut down like world long drives we're standing you know 12 feet away from each other at all times so we could it's have been TV. the only yeah. we could have been the only sport on television which would have been awesome you know what i mean yeah. the, what a better way to grow to sport at that time so it's uh yeah it was it, as far as social distancing and stuff the sport's perfect for it but so they officially banged the season they couldn't just like call you up and have a couple of like just separate events just like do some because you're right i mean you could just who wouldn't watch that right now everyone watch that right now just hey there's a bunch of dudes in the himalayas hitting balls into into some mountains like check it out gotta be it's gotta be a great gambling sport like hey just pick your guy who do you think is the first this is the first year they're implementing gambling too so it was a big year for them um they're doing actually drug testing too so I think that would have got my ranking up to about 30th. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> You're used to no, the drug they, testing, right? The, the, oh, the dude, baseball aspect. When me and you played together, man, I've never, like, I got drug tested eight times that year. <laughs> I know. Well, the the year they started the uh, the HGH testing, I got it both times. The, that yeah. blood test? Yeah. Both times. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, random, sure. right? <laughs> test that, yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, I somehow have never been drug tested in my life. I avoided them in college. You know, we started getting them. We didn't really get tested much my first and second year, like 2004, 2005. But after that, NCA like bumped up their testing and I still just somehow avoided the random testing. I don't know. That's good. That's fine. I, yeah, I mean, I, I didn't, didn't matter. I wasn't taking anything, but it was still mm-hmm. like, 
I don't want to go pee in front of some random person. I don't even <laughs> watch like watch the stream flow out of me. Like that's I got used I to think, it, super man. awkward. I, think, I feel like I... yeah. I think Jeremy and I run a first name basis with that guy. <laughs> it really was. <laughs> hey Todd, how's this? How's the stream today? Hey, yeah, it's yeah. good, man. Hey, look he a little dehydrated. Like, he was recognizing <laughs> us. He was recognizing us for reasons other than our face, which was an uncomfortable <laughs> situation. <laughs> <laughs> oh man some of those guys man i feel like they just they get way too comfortable with their job i remember the one guy was like he was like full out like just almost i had to like almost pee past him he was standing straight in front of me looking at me this way and he's just asking like having full conversations man hey man how you been how's baseball going i'm like dude just yeah, just, just like, stop down. talking like please not hanging out this is not helping right <laughs> you're not helping or when they would make you go before the game and it's like you can't go play until you until you, yeah. until you give a sample, you know, a urine sample. And it's like, well, the game starts in 10 minutes and I just <laughs> I don't have to go at this point. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that could be an amazing SNL sketch where it's like first, you know, how like when they train waiters, like they have someone shadowing them around. It's like there's the 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 old tester. He's just like sitting there and then the, like the apprentice is like right behind him. He's like. So, so are they just going to pee? Are they just going to pee? It could just be like this amazing, like, shut up, like, shut up. Just like trying to learn the job, like learn the ropes. <laughs> oh, you don't realize how difficult it is to use the bathroom when someone is just direct. I mean, it's not like they're next to you where you go into a public bathroom. Like they're staring at you. Yeah. And their only purpose when they can, they can't leave until you leave. So it's like you're on the clock. Yeah. Gun oh. to your head. Let's go. It'd be a nightmare for a shy bladder person. I'd like just like literally a oh, nightmare. There's many of them too. There's, yeah. yeah, there's a lot it's of guys that thing. really struggle. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially so, the guys that are trying to use somebody else's urine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so how you know we Jeremy and I obviously we played together. Like that's how I know you and everything. How much is this supplementing like your competitive edge in the you know with long drive? Because I know yeah. all of us when we be stop nice. playing. You know, we try and you try and fill that void of whether it's competition or training or whatever. Like, how much has the long drive been helping you? Hundred percent, man. It's and I don't know. My wife and uh, you know my brother, my family were they all notice it right away. They could see like they could see it in my persona and everything. How I was carrying myself around. Once I once I hit that, I could honestly remember the drive perfectly in that first qualifier. It was, literally took me three swings for me to commit and tell myself this is what i'm going to be doing from now on <laughs> mm -hmm. like awesome. i knew it right away so it was uh yeah and ever since then man it's it's crazy mm -hmm. like how i'm able to shift my my passion into it because obviously it is it's a different sport but at the same time it's like i take baseball for me you know i loved offense i love hitting what's the funnest part about hitting is hitting a home run now i'm just playing a sport yeah. where i'm just making the ball go as far as i can every time like like that's that's almost like training your baseball swing, but the guy like okay, your pitchers are only gonna lob fastballs right down the middle. So it's like playing modern baseball. <laughs> yeah, it's like oh, it's uh, <laughs> it's it's so much fun to to work on, and and especially, it's not like I'm coming into it like obviously naturally I got a lot of skill in the game, but the fact that I know there's so much more room for improvement makes it even that much more exciting, and that like the day-to-day -day process, like um, obviously I was very excited for the season to happen to where I could put myself on the map uh, as far as a high ranked world long driver, but just the road getting there, like to, to have this extra four months of training, like makes me interested to see how fast I could actually get before worlds happens this year. So it's not, 
like you know you guys know how baseball is the the actual grind and the actual work on it is half of the fun so that's yeah. kind of where i'm at right now <clears throat> yeah so if you're just joining us we're here with jeremy nowak who is a uh long drive or well, a long drive pro um can hit the ball over 400 yards so if you're tuning in if you're on twitter or periscope or youtube if you have a question for us feel free to drop in the chat we'd Sure, he'd love to answer some questions. There's, I'm sure there's a ton of golfers. Obviously, golf is the beloved pastime for many many a baseball player. So, if you're out there, feel free to drop us a line. So, um, so you talk about all these adjustments. Do you feel like all the hitting adjustments is is golf more of a game of adjustments than baseball as far as hitting, or less so? I think I think less, a lot less, because in baseball you're constantly adjusting to pitchers. Mm-hmm. So. Um, where baseball, you could, you're, I mean, Bobby knows, you know, your swing could feel absolutely money and perfect in batting practice, or even the day before you went four for four. And then the next day, it's like you swing through your first two fastballs or you strike out your first at bat on a fastball down the middle. And you're like questioning everything you've ever done. <laughs> like, like it's not yeah, like, your worth as a person, all of it, all of it. Yeah. yeah. Why do I live? Why am I alive right now? <laughs> yeah. It takes you, yeah, it'll, you know, baseball will knock you right back down because you're not in control of pretty much anything in baseball, you know. Um, but, but when you know, in golf and long drive, it's all on you, you know, you know what I mean? So, so I think once you find that, that uh, sequence and stuff in your swing and that focus, uh, which I feel like I was very good at in baseball, um, then you're able to repeat the same motions over and over. So, so in that sense, for me, once I do find, what I'm working on that day or find that, <clears throat> that swing point, I, I could, I could replicate it over and over again, which I think is going to help me in the sport as well. So wasn't there another guy who, I don't know if he did long drive, but I knew he could hit a ball pretty far and you might've played with him. Cause I'm pretty sure he played it in Joliet. Um, there's no shot. I get his name right, but he was a big dude. He was like six, five, six, six. And he was in the frontier league when I was there. Um, and he just like, as soon as, as soon as he was done, he, he retired, I think in 2000, I think 2012. And then he was like immediately going out and like doing long drive. Do you know who that was? I'd have to do some research on that. I feel like his name was Steve. It was like a S or an R name. And of course that's completely just a guess, but, (laughs) um, yeah, but he was a big dude. Yeah. Steve or Richard or whatever, but, um, he probably he probably flopped well, there's, out. And that's where, like, with world long drive, you find <laughs> there's a lot of guys coming in from different sports, different angles. So um, there are a lot of guys I play with that played, you know, play baseball in their day. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I'd have to I'd have to see. I'm, I'm sure I'll run into him as far as the long drive competition. I, yeah, and I don't know if he's still doing it or if that was just like a he could hit the ball far. I, I can't remember, but that was like a bullpen. You know, we're all sitting in the bullpen just like, talking about the other teams or whatever and just like going through the gossip and gossip was like one of those guys that retired was now like hitting the ball far. So, and it wasn't you, it was someone else, but um, Mm I mean, I can picture him in his swing, but um, so is there like a a dugout? Is there like a clubhouse or is it just everyone shows up to the championship? I mean, like you said, you have like a group chat with some of those guys, but like what's uh, what's the camaraderie like on the, the long drive? It's, that's like a, that's like another awesome part about the sport is like right away like my first event when i came in the qualifiers like i followed all these guys on instagram like 
I, I was amazed by what these guys could do. And then I, I finally get myself measured on the same grids these guys are hitting and I'm hitting them just as far as all of them. So they had a pro event right after our qualifier, like the amateur qualifier. And so all the pros were there. So after I got done hitting, they've already seen my swing on, on Instagram because I've been promoting mm-hmm. that I was going to be going to this uh, qualifier. So I was eating lunch with my family and sure enough, like I got all these guys walking in introducing themselves. I'm like, Oh, I know him. I know him. And, uh, and it was pretty wild. Like right away, they almost like they saw what I could be with the sport and stuff like that. And they all just like swarmed around and they're all like, like welcome me with open arms. Like it was, it was the coolest thing. And that's where like the first day I met Bobby Peterson, who he's the coach I referred to in North Carolina. He came up to me right away. And, uh, and was talking to me he actually built the driver i was using uh which i didn't know i got the driver from a buddy of mine that used to compete uh years ago he had cleanup behind me at mont Isle college but um but yeah it was uh it, it was awesome they and then the number one in the world at the time invited me and my wife the next day to like a dinner party at his family's house and um and then after that like right now with this this whole thing going on we're we're in this huge Marco Polo. Everyone's talking like throughout the whole day. Like there's, you know, a group of five or six of us that log on. We play war, uh, you know, COD, um, you know, late at night. So I'm playing with guys, you know, if I stay up late enough, it would be, you know, so you're I'm shooting, you're shooting your new friends. What you're saying, you're killing your new friends. Oh, I'm killing them. Yeah. No, gotcha, we're killing gotcha. people together. Yeah. No. Oh, okay. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> but it's funny how it works. Cause I'd be like, I'll be up late playing with a buddy in California. And then all of a sudden, you know, at 3 a.m., there's, you know, someone from the UK logging on. <laughs> He's waking up and stuff like that. But it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's definitely a, a tight-knit group. Uh, I'd, I'd compare it to, you know, when you're on a, a baseball team that gets along with each other and everyone's mm-hmm. tight. Like, that's, that's what it feels like with this community, which is awesome. That's cool. How good were you at Tiger Woods PGA Tour Golf? I oh, feel like that was one of the it. best best games ever, hitting it into gale, gale, gale force winds. So, yeah. so fun. <laughs> yeah, I love that game, man. I miss it. I wish, you know, when they went to Rory, it wasn't the same. It didn't, I don't know. But he, doesn't have the, he doesn't have the, the curb appeal that Tiger's got. No. And you just, I to... feel like the game, like whoever makes the game is like, yeah, let's not put as much time into it. <laughs> like, it just seemed mm-hmm. like it wasn't as cool. <laughs> I mean, you know, Both those guys. have a heyday a while ago, yeah. Yeah, that was mm-hmm. it was popular. I feel like those guys, you, you know, they said they're coming up to you. They probably like the fact that, you know, you've got a YouTube or a YouTube channel, Instagram, like you're bringing you're bringing more fans to a sport or people like like myself. I like I've never even crossed my mind that long drive was a thing other than maybe if it was on ESPN three at you yeah, know, midnight. The yeah, exactly. But you're I mean, you're, you know. As, as much as you might be their competition, you're really bringing a little bit of a notoriety to this sport, you know, from people that are following you just because you're, you know, you're imitating swings and stuff like that on uh, Instagram. Now, all of a sudden you jump in a long drive and you've got uh, 70,000 followers or whatever you got on Instagram now. So it's just more people, more eyes on the sport. Yeah. And that's where, it, that's where it gets really neat too. Cause the guys like notice that the other hitters, they, they tell me all the time, like I'm a great ambassador for the sport. And for me, I like, I really do enjoy it. And I could see like, you're going back to your guys' questions as far as like competition and stuff, like for baseball players, there's a lot of even, you know, pitchers and hitters that naturally have all this talent. And then after baseball's over, like, yeah, you get into coaching it, teaching it, but there's still that void, like, what can I do with it? And I think long drive is an awesome thing that 
that people can do. Like there's a lot of people that have the talent to be a successful long driver. Just don't qualify know a lot, qualify a lot. I'd say it's probably <laughs> not that many. Well, there's a lot, no, there's, I, you know, there's a lot of guys. I mean, how many of the pitchers would go golfing once or twice a week? And I mean, there's guys with just natural athletic talent that have no outlet after baseball or after their sport. How much arm talent do you need to hit a golf ball? <laughs> Arm talent. Well, Dan, Dan what, likes to poke fun. It's, me it's an inside the, joke. I yeah, use the Bobby's. phrase "arm talent" for pitchers, like a, like Tom Brady. <laughs> Which you've never heard that, have you, Jeremy? Arm talent? I've never heard. Yeah. Arm no, talent. of course not. Yeah, he's in the Northeast. <laughs> it's they're secluded up there. Oh, he's trapped in snow, so he's never heard arm, arm talent. talent. Yeah, didn't no, penetrate. I never his met igloo. anyone with arm talent. <laughs> no, it's good no. club talent, clubhead talent. So, so Jer- people watching, Jeremy. When Jeremy and I played together with the Orioles, who was with the Orioles and a few years in independent ball as well, switch hitter in baseball. But I think you you long drive only righty. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. I'm horrible. Is that your? Hitter. I was gonna say, is that your? Is righty your natural? Uh, yeah. Baseball swing too. Yep. I uh, I hit only right handed up until I was 12, and I'd always mess around in the backyard. Ken Griffey Jr. is my favorite player growing up, so. And that's how I learned how to hit. I didn't have any hitting coaches or anything, so I just mimic guys all the time. My brother and I, I have a, a brother, he's a year and a half older. Our, our game was we'd always be outside and we'd play three on three, and we'd pick three lefties, three righties to imitate, and we'd just play, you know, simulated games all day long. Right. And uh, when I was 12 years old, uh, I was actually at the Cooperstown tournament in Dreams Park, and we were beating New Jersey by, like, 18 runs. So I decided to go up there left-handed and I had a 14 pitch at bat and uh, hit a home run, hit a home run to dead center. And I was like super pumped. And I was so nervous the whole time. I was like afraid to do it again. So I didn't bat left-handed at all the rest of the tournament because I was so scared the first time. And uh, when I turned 13 years old, right at the start of the season, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to do full switch hit and we'll see how it goes. And my first at bat, I hit another home run. And I'm like, okay, I'm definitely doing this. So it's a um, natural. So, you just... Yeah. Ever since then, I, I've been doing it. That's awesome. It's it's hard to like switch hitting in general is hard. I can't imagine trying to switch golf. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like in how I teach baseball swings, you know, your top hand controls the barrel and and keeps everything connected, in my opinion. So that's why I'm trying to do it left hand. Let my left hand's my my weak side. So trying to control the club head is feels near impossible from the left side. But I, I'm I'm sure if I practice it more, it would be uh, it would be all right. But but yeah, it's 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 pretty all over the place when I swing left-handed. Yeah, for sure. So you mentioned uh, spin. What is the spin that's optimal for getting the ball to go as far as it can with a golf ball? Because it's not quite the same as a baseball. I know that. Yeah. So like, so as far as RPMs with backspin, so like ideally you want to be like between fifteen hundred and two thousand RPMs is where you want to be. Um, I'm actually low, and I think I think it's something with my swing that I'm. I could create some serious low numbers with my spin, but, but I hover when I'm like, I'm feeling good. I'm like between 1300 and, and 1800, um, RPMs. But, uh, as far as outside of that, even your, your club angle coming in. So my biggest problem right now is I come across the ball at like two degrees left. So I get like this fade into the fairway, um, which I could control, and I could keep it in the grid, but it for distance, you want a little bit of a draw. So you want to be about two to four degrees right. Um, 
when you come into the ball and with my step and everything going on, it's, that's a very tough adjustment to make mm. um, without drastically feeling something different with my hands. So that's something right now I'm currently in the training process of trying to get my club pass straightened out a little more. Um, but at the same time, not sacrificing speed, which is a tough thing to do, but um, but you have to have some of those days where you let the put the ego aside and and just work on what you got to work on. And uh, and what are the factors that that will increase or decrease your spin? Is it like the little slats on the golf uh, on the face of the driver? Is it the angle? Is it like what do you do to manipulate that? Yeah, it's just it, it's how you approach the ball coming in. Um, you know, I swing. I believe I'm around seven degrees swinging up on the ball. But outside of that, you know, that part. I'm trying to figure out, I don't have a long drive coach. So this is all me trying to figure, I just know what the numbers I have to get to. I know where the top guys are, um, mm-hmm. the guys that consistently win. So, um, so as far as, you know, creating less spin, I guess I never really had to worry about that because my spin rates are, are naturally low. So, <clears throat> so for me, it's more about my approach angle, um, left or right of a target. So, that's what I'm, I'm mostly uh, working on right now, which that part I could, I could kind of feel out better. It's a, for baseball, it's similar to like getting around the ball as opposed to staying inside the baseball. Uh, it's kind of a similar type of concept, I guess. Right. Yeah. Cause I know with the, with a baseball backspin, like you want more RPMs of backspin at, on, on like you hit a fly ball, but to a point at a certain point, too much backspin increases drag and then it starts to like even out. And that was yeah, actually absolutely. something that, they were uh, I was I was witness to this Twitter fight between not and it wasn't a fight from Alan Nathan who's the the physics of baseball guy from the University of Illinois. He was just politely explaining to a guy who owns one of those like inverted T's like the UT or I can't remember which one it was. Backspin. That guy was like, yeah, he was like backspin's always better, and Alan's like, uh, until a point, and then it's not, and he's like. Yep that's wrong. I have my own. He's like, no, you don't have your own research. I'm a physics professor. He's like, this is like this yep. silly back and forth. It's like, you're talking to one of the world's physics experts of baseball flight. And you're telling them <laughs> that he's wrong from like your own personal experience. Like, just stop, just stop. Yeah. He's wrong. So, huh? <laughs> Alan's wrong. Is this conspiracy theory? I don't even know what, Al- I don't know what Alan uh, is. He's, Alan, he's Alan Nathan. About. Yeah. He's, he'll come on the show. I, he's, right? he's a great, he's a, great guy and he's what i appreciate about alan is that he'll explain the physics in a very matter of fact and layman and like he wants physics to be accessible to everyone which is not what's happening in lots of sports everyone's like using their their techno gibberish and he's like here's here's what it is like just like he wants people to learn which is cool so if you ever you should you should i wonder what he knows about golf but He's a good, yeah, good no, I, and I, I agree with that because actually Josh Donaldson brought it up in one of his interviews that, you know, he's trying not to overspin the ball. And that's where like, that's where like the, the whole con, like misconception with launch angle and stuff like that. Like there's so many hitting coaches and so many athletes that translate that horribly wrong. And yeah. it's such a delicate topic to bring up to hitters now. But uh, but I think that's part of it is just your ability to not overspin the ball because you could make a ball travel a lot further if you could um, do that. Obviously, when you're, a pitch is coming in, a curveball coming in is going to spin a lot more coming off the bat than a fastball and stuff like that. So there's so many things you'll never even be able to control at that point. Um, so in my opinion, it really doesn't even make a difference. Um, yeah. But but at the same time, if you're actually training to find that right angle, that's, that's kind of the whole point 
I guess, end game is that you could hit a ball and front toss or off the tee with the least, you know, you know, less backspin than, than you'd normally want. So, yeah. And it's weird when you watch, I remember one of my teammates, uh, did you play with Joel Guzman, Bobby? Yeah. There with him? Uh, I played, played with him against him, I think. Why is it me? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think I played against him. Yeah. So he's like six foot six, super lanky from the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. But he, when you watched him take batting practice, it just looked fundamental, fundamentally different than everyone else. And he was like a 16 year old who got like $5 million out of, out of uh, the Dominican. But, and he like briefly made it to the majors didn't quite pan out, but when he would take batting practice and I watched him in the home run derby one year, he was just like getting his balls to take this crazy steep angle up and out of the park. Just like they're like peeking over the fence. And then they just like hung and they hung. And it's like, when you know about the physics of, of ball flight, you realize like there can't be like that many, like, it's not like he's doing something that no one else does, but it just seemed like it. You know what I mean? It was like weird. It's like, yeah. why does it, when you hit the ball, it like sounds different. And then it just like takes off different. And then just seems to like linger in the ether and then just like <laughs> crash down on top of a building. Cause we were in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And he was literally hitting in one of that like stadium over in left field. And it's uh-huh. like, yeah. what? Like, speed, man. It's weird. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Just people seem different. I mean, you, are yeah. there anyone is there anyone like that on the long drive tour you're like he just seems like he sticks out amongst other freaks of nature well you know cal berkshire is uh he's number one in the world and like for for example like i i swing you know i swing on average about 143 miles an hour when i'm uh when i'm warmed up which is about 200 you know 214 to 218 ball speed Cal Berkshire, his average swings like 151 miles an hour. He'll top out at like 155, and uh, and his average ball speed is like 222 miles an hour. So, and he hit uh, he hit 230 um, a few months ago, which got beat. That was the record, but um, it got beat by uh, Martin Borgmeier in Germany. And he's oh, uh, Borgmeier. Borgmeier. Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah, he's he's six six two thirty and yeah, he's just a. I mean, these guys are free. I'm tiny in this competition, by the way. Like, I'm probably like the third shortest guy <laughs> in the rankings right now. It's uh, it's pretty insane. When I when I get around these guys, it's like, I went to the uh, PGA show uh, earlier this year, and we had our world long drive like uh, opening meeting, and I like felt great. My swing felt great. I felt like I was working out, felt big. I took one step in that room and I just completely deflated. I'm like, Oh my God, I'm the, I'm so t- <laughs> <laughs> like, here's like Mike Dobbin. He's six, eight, 300 pounds of like solid proportionate muscle. I'm like, it, it, like guys. That was, just- my, that was my next question is, do these guys have like John Daly ish kind of, I feel like more and more probably like on the softer side, but I have literally no idea. I mean, you seem like you're in very good shape. You look strong. Um, what's the typical like body? It's, like? All, it's all over the place. I mean, you get guys, there's some super fast guys that look like they're so out of shape. And then, you know, there's fast guys that are jacked. So it's, uh, it's kind of everywhere. Everyone's got their philosophies, um, <clears throat> and stuff like that. But, but yeah, I mean, you get those guys with the dad bods that just have like insanely fast hands and, yeah, so that that's where you get to the topic of like things that you can't teach. Like those guys were just born with, you know, those abilities and stuff like that. So, well, and you also wonder. I mean, some of those guys who are like fat and out of shape, if you suddenly transform their body into like very muscular and in shape, do they actually hit the ball farther? 
That's like one of those I, questions where it's not clear. Yeah, I know it is. It isn't. I mean, that's where like, is their body mass part of the reason why the ball's exiting so fast, you know? So yeah, I don't know. I mean, you look at guys like, uh, I mean, who are some big league guys that like maybe Pablo like Sandoval or CC Sabathia. CC, I mean, yeah. Like if he's suddenly Miguel a skinny Cabrera. guy. Yeah. You just don't even yeah. know if, if they're the same. It's weird. It's really weird. Yeah. You see guys like, it, that lose weight and they didn't, they weren't as good as the year before. Yeah. Cause it comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which is like people that can just produce rot- rotational power. Like their body just knows how to, to, how to wind up and, and create that elastic, you know, stretch reflex. When you start messing with that, you can like completely screw them up. Like whether it's a pitcher yeah. that has like a weird, like I always kind of wrapped a little bit when I pitched and I just like couldn't feel myself. I, I wasn't the same. My arm felt kind of bad if I tried to like, you know, people tried to like get me very yep. square. Like you just lift your leg and you go. But I always needed to wrap to like get my body in sync. Way. And it's like you can't screw with that sometimes and have them. And I feel like sometimes the being overweight or just having whatever your unique body is sometimes is like that same thing. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. I don't know. I've never been from that angle, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe yeah. you should get super fat and just kiss it out. I mean, come on, man. You're trying yeah, to be the best. Time. Take yeah. this time and get and get a little out of shape. See what happens. Yeah, I, don't know, with me. The, I mean, I'm on as far as my diet right now, I'm, I'm sure I'm on my way there, man. I've been, yeah, uh, so this is a good, this a is a good time. Were you, uh, Jeremy, were you a Simpsons fan growing up? I Yeah, I was. Do you remember the episode where Homer tries to get on disability and so he becomes, he tries to become the world's fattest man or not for fattest man, but he tries to, was that where he has to get to like, where he's trying to make a phone call, emergency call and the the phone told him his fingers are too fat for this phone. Yeah. (laughs) It says, please match all the keys at once with your palm if you need help. (laughs) (laughs) On his training regimen, he was, I remember he was in Krusty Burger with Bart. And Homer was, he got like all these burgers and I guess he got like a different assortment of them. And Homer was like, Bart, is this one compatible with my diet? <laughs> and Bart takes it, he unwraps it. He smears it on the wall. Well, so their, their, their litmus test was if it was greasy enough that you could wipe it on a piece of paper and the paper became like translucent, then it was fatty oh. enough for Homer to eat. Oh. <laughs> so he takes his burger, unwraps it, wipes it on the wall of a crusty, crusty burger, and it becomes clear as glass and then a bird flies into it. <laughs> one of the best, one of my best memories from that show. That, that shows, I mean, you can't say enough about The Simpsons, but. Oh, yeah. Simpsons yeah, that could be you. That could be you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, so sticking with that, what what have you been doing in the quarantine time? Have you bought? Dan always asks, "Have you bought anything?" And I, uh, mm-hmm. I've got my little, uh, I've got my little shovel, like a metal shovel. It's a psycho thing. shovel. Bobby's gonna kill someone with that. Yeah, I don't know. It's like a hunting. Needs to be shovel. taken. Needs to be taken I, from him. Yeah, my wife got me. But like, have you bought anything? Have you been? Have you gone a little crazy in oh. late night shopping? Yeah, I just I made a purchase uh, for my truck um, a couple days ago, so yeah. Uh, do the leveling kit and new wheels and tires and yeah I've, i have a lot of carts filled up <laughs> in different places <laughs> just... but oh yeah it's dangerous man you can't like i gave my my wife uh the passcode to amazon for a little bit and we just kept getting ship stuff and it's like it's the same thing man you get you get stuck at home and then you get online shopping it's like it gets pretty wild what are you looking at <laughs> 
He just implicated <laughs> his just wife. Yeah. <laughs> Jeremy's going to be sleeping on that couch. He's going to be sleeping where he's oh, sitting. She knows for the rest of the day. Look. <laughs> we get the, oh, I've got, there's packages every day at the front door and I look and it's, we live in a, we live in a condo building. So it's, it's my wife's name, my wife's name. And I'm always like, I bring him upstairs with a look on my face. Like what the hell? Like what did we order today? We don't, we haven't left the house and. Weeks. Well, if Bobby complains, then he won't yep. get his allowance. Jenny won't give him his allowance, so he just he just wears it. <laughs> that's that's the married life, Dan. You'll get there. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, speaking of quarantine, are I mean, are you hitting balls into a net right now? Do you have somewhere to go? Can you just like go over to? Can you like make a platform out of snow or like what? <laughs> what, what does training look like? So, so yeah, I have. Uh... I have two places I hit right now. So the local driving range, uh, it was open. I was hitting and then it shut down for a few weeks and then they reopened golf courses again. So they're open back up. Um, but there's a training facility nearby that my buddy's able, cause they're essential, uh, being a PT and stuff like that, that I'll come in there when no one's in there and, and I'll do my, my hitting and my training in there, which is, it's awesome. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that, but uh, but yeah, it's, it's limited. I know there's, uh, with golf courses, there's one of the courses reached out to me recently and said that they, uh, um, were hoping cause I was going to help them out with social media and stuff, which is pretty cool. So they're, uh, they said I could film out there anytime. So I might be doing some filming out on a golf course, uh, within the next week or so. That's awesome. Um, question, and this is an important one with your low launch angle driver. Can you like knock over like the the guy that picks up the golf balls in his little cart? Like, are you super good oh, at yeah. just like crushing those things or what? Oh, I could, yeah, I could shoot lasers with that thing if I wanted to. <laughs> so I posted on my channel. So like, uh, there's uh in the winter time here they have the golf dome set up and they're only like they're probably like 90 yards to hit to the back wall. But uh, the one I hit at the bottom, probably 18 inches, is this concrete wall. And you have oh, your man. dome that leads into it. So I'd actually like the end of my round, I'd always try to hit one off. And I have a couple of videos on my channel where I actually, I hit a straight liner. It's like this far off the ground the whole way. And it hits the <laughs> concrete wall and comes all the way back to me um, from 90 yards out. So it's uh, That's amazing. So yeah, I always practice that shot. <laughs> so well, speaking I mean, of your channel, I want to, I want to ask you this, you know, you were recently on, did Joe Rogan mention you by name on his podcast? So he, uh, he said my channel name. Um, so basically they were, they're having a discussion about, uh, hockey. So they're trying to figure out the fastest slap shot in the world. And while they were looking up, Joe, he just turns and he's like, did you see that guy that hits that golf ball out of that <laughs> top golf? And then he starts talking and, um, yeah. And then he was like getting super amped up about it. He's like, it's crazy. It's crazy. And then sure enough, like, maybe a minute later they finally found a clip of me on Instagram. They brought up one of my clips. Like, yeah, there he is. The sling man, the sling man. Yeah. Look at this. Look at this. And so, then I mean, that's for people that don't know, Joe Rogan's podcast gets what five to 6 million hits every, uh, every time he puts out an episode. Yeah. At you know, least. What, what kind of bump did that give you? You know, did you just see a flood of people come to your page and watch some of these you videos? Know, it, it was wild because it was within a five day span of when I got on sports center. So, it kind of just like all happened at one time. So it's really tough to tell because even sports center, like how fast my channel blew up from that. It was still overflowing at that point. Like I was up to a half a million profile visits that week. Um, 
and you know, I gained like, what was it? Yeah, I was gonna, I was in the middle of like making my 50,000 follower uh, video. And yeah, I gained like 17,000 followers within like, like eight or nine days. But, um, but yeah, so it's, it's tough to say. Uh, my YouTube channel did get, now my YouTube channel, I haven't put in as much time as I want to into it, but, uh, but yeah, I got like a, like a thousand followers or thousand subscribers on YouTube from it. And, uh, and yeah, it was, it, it was pretty awesome. I, I, as far as how it felt, I mean, sports center was cool, man, but just hearing Joe Rogan talk about me, was probably one of the coolest moments ever <laughs> you gotta you gotta <laughs> add him you gotta tweet him be like dude let's go to um, i have Joe, let's go to I top have. golf together let's, let's do it <laughs> yeah i've sent him messages man but uh i haven't heard anything back but then you look and he's got like 22 million followers and it's like yeah i i have 67,000. i have like over 120 messages in my inbox that i still haven't gotten to and i'll get through like 30 of them and then it just gets reloaded so um so i'm sure he just you know they get messages all the time so well, are you it's blue check mark now for mm -hmm. Instagram? Yeah, I've been. Uh, I got the um, blue check mark at like forty thousand, I think, um, or just shy of forty thousand followers. So, so yeah, just show up, show up mysteriously, or did you have to? They well, you have contact yeah, you so, about it. Well, they have the uh, you like request uh, verification on there, and um, I requested it at like twenty thousand, thirty thousand, and never got it, and then uh, yeah. It was somewhere near 40,000. I finally got the, the verification. Gotcha. So it was pretty cool. What would get a lot of views today would be if you could get yourself an Asian giant hornet. Have you seen those things? And then well, that's what I was going to tell you it. about the Simpsons. I was going to tell Go you on. about the Simpsons episode because that's been hitting. I don't know if you've seen like social media because uh, they're talking about in the episode. I didn't watch the whole episode. So. But it shows all the people outside and they're protesting because they wanted a cure um, for whatever disease was going around. And the so doctor said, like, yeah, you stay stay at home, stay at home. That's the cure whatever. If I give you anything, it's going to be a placebo. And then the lady screams. She's like, where's the placebo at or whatever? And then they're like, I think it's in the truck. And then a big group of them shake the truck and a container falls out full of killer right. bees That's and starts right. swarming around and like it's insane like how many times they've had things before it even happened like come out it's pretty wild matt groaning is a time traveler clip. for sure he, he's definitely oh, yeah. he's definitely been back and forth <laughs> to different years yeah yeah That's strictly, like for, strictly for cartoon purposes <laughs> yeah uh, yeah <laughs> but those you get one of those hornets you free like freeze with liquid nitrogen put it on your golf tee and slow motion, hit the murder hornet, shatter it. See, these are gold. I, I, I won't charge. I won't charge you for that idea. But, um, <laughs> think that would break the club head. Those things are huge. They're terrifying. Where are they, I don't way? want them. They're in like Washington State. They found some up okay. there. I was reading articles about just it. getting it the worst. Then they it get rains the... all the time. They have coronavirus. They have huge <laughs> hornets. Terrible. Why does anyone live there ever? Why do you live there? I don't Not know. Nobody anymore. They're all leaving. Yeah. Over here in D.C., we have our president, but, you know, on the pro side, we have lots of sunshine, no hornets, no rain. It's great. It's great. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's it's weird. I I was a murder hornet. Um, I was on the bandwagon long ago because I am fascinated personally by praying mantises. I just think they're super cool. And I stumbled upon on Instagram this guy from like South Korea who has this account where he just like goes in the forest. He's just like some dude. But he was going to this tree where they're always praying mantises. 
screwing around with these murder hornets, trying to catch them and eat them. And then they're both like the studs of the insect world. So one day the mantis tries to catch a Asian giant hornet and successfully like has him and keeps him there and eats him alive. And then the next day he wriggles out, gets on his back and like bites his neck until his head comes off. So I was just like, <laughs> like, this is the best thing ever. What this is the heck? best channel ever? Every day. What are you the guy just wanders out. This guy just wanders out to, to, to the woods, checks on the, the, the Asian hornet mantis battles. It was awesome. I think, so, the, I think the guy on YouTube that gets stung by like crazy insects. You ever see that guy? Uh, I've seen that. Yeah. Yeah, he just tries to he tries to talk about the the pain he's experiencing from like the worst things you could get. Like it's I don't know how what? people like he'll like literally capture I think he captured that uh that bee that's around, I don't know if the Asian hornet or whatever. But yeah, mm -hmm. he captured this thing in a container. It's like this big. And then he like they're, yeah, they're takes like it out thumb. and puts it on a jar on top of his arm and they zoom in they show the stinger good in and stuff like that and they just show him on the ground like paralyzed <laughs> like what are you doing dude <laughs> but he got is he getting i mean is he getting he paid for money. this Let's oh, say he's getting God. paid oh, for this yeah he's got millions and millions of uh subscribers so this guy gets paid a lot he travels to all parts of the world to just get bit by animals it's like there's there's got to be something like, in that like how do you harness like, can you be the guy that goes to all these professional boxers and just gets punched in the face one time? Like, <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Like, Floyd okay, Mayweather. Feel my face. Simpsons did yeah. that too. Remember, Homer fought Dreader Tatum. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. Well, you get like the like that also new Mike Tyson episode. video. New Mike Tyson yeah. video where he's training. He's, he got he got offered a million dollars for to fight some uh, professional rugby player in Australia for charity. Million dollars, and. If you're this rugby player, you've got to be, I mean, terrified. Mike Still Tyson, scared, it's, yes. Well, it's, not, scared. it's not his oh, yeah. boxing prowess. It's the fact that he's a straight-up lunatic, <laughs> regardless of how much weed he's smoking nowadays. He's just an absolute psycho combined with crazy strength and speed. Yeah. Like, there's, there's definitely a market yeah. there to get punched in the face by Mike Tyson on video. Like the hangover, like that's yeah. <laughs> I just I just have to stop us again though. You guys have seen that Simpsons episode though, where Homer learns that he has this gift. Do you guys remember the, remember this one? I don't remember that. One. <laughs> yes, I do. I there remember was this an one. episode where I think Homer like fell off something, but he was like unharmed, and he goes into Doctor Hibbard, and Doctor Hibbard X-rays his head, and he's like, "You have this really thick extra layer of like cerebral fluid," and then he pulls out this. <laughs> two by four out of a piece of like because i could wallop you with this sterile surgical two by four all day and it you wouldn't it wouldn't phase you a bit he's like but i have other patients and then homer <laughs> decides with the help of mo who becomes his manager that because you like basically can't knock him out he could just be a boxer and wear guys down just taking a beating <laughs> and then just like push him over at the end so that's what he does so he goes on tour <laughs> fighting hobos and then the you know Mike Tyson character in The Simpsons, who they call Dredrick Tatum, they get wind that there's this guy who like can't be knocked out. And they're like, "Hey, we just want three rounds. We'll pay you very well." And then Homer does it because Mo wants the money. And then in the he's like expecting it to be like these regular hobos. And then the first punch, it just like hits him like a freight train. He goes, "Ooh!" <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this amazing moment. You have to look this episode up because it's incredible. <clears throat> where. He's just like getting just destroyed and he's just like it's fundamentally different because it's Mike Tyson and he, he, he he's like getting woozy. He's like about to pass out 
it's barely in the first round and he needs to make it three rounds. And then he hears Marge. He sees the top of her head, her blue hair out of the crowd. And she's yelling, Homer, you, he's not like the other ones. You have to fight back. You have to hit him back. And he goes, that cactus is right. I've got to hit him back. <laughs> and it's like this big moment. And he takes this huge cut, completely misses, falls down, and then Tatum punches him on the top of the head. <laughs> it's the best. It's just the best episode. So I would I, I want to like <laughs> what for what amount of money would you take to get just laced by one Mike Tyson right hand? I right would never. Hook? I would never. It wouldn't be worth it, man. It seems it like a real hazard it. to your health, like a real hazard. Like, yeah, but he's got gloves on. He's got gloves on. Gloves on. I'd say you have about a 40 percent chance of remembering that you're supposed to get paid for that. Well, that's why you have have your your agents negotiate. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta you, so you're telling me you're telling me to. Let's say half a million dollars to get punched in the face. Just one punch. No. He could miss. You know that. He could miss. I don't think he's gonna miss. <laughs> what, so what about like, give it thirty seconds in in the how much for thirty seconds in the ring? But you can you can move like you, you can, can get move? out of the way. Ooh. You can move. See that changes things. Well, two and half a million dollars done. I would just, I'm in. I mean, I would just run. I'd run for thirty seconds in a circle. <laughs> they corner you just just <laughs> screaming just screaming like a girl but here's a real question is like obviously mike tyson punched a lot of boxers and they were humans just like us but are they get are they like more glancing blows when you're like because you're you're a boxer like you like clearly they didn't avoid his punch but at the same time they still got punched is it more just like glancing and so then they don't like physically just die like if they if he just like walked up to me and punched me in the face as hard as he could, that's going to be different. I would assume than getting hit in a boxing match, right? Am I wrong? Do I... I'm sure they. Ca- I mean, in a boxing match, I've seen plenty of punches that were as flush as you could possibly hit a person. But I actually went okay, down this fair, rabbit hole fair. yesterday of of just clean knockouts on YouTube. It just you know they kept popping up. Oh, some good ones. Some really yeah. good ones. Like people, you just see them. They basically died for a split second, hit the canvas, came back. Yeah. But they're not so, oh, yeah. so it's technically, so it's technically potentially safe enough. I mean, it's not like Pulp Fiction where, you know, Butch kills the guy in the ring, but Tyson I mean, never killed anybody. They, that. they do say it's, that have died from, from brain damage. But. They do say it's a lot, it's, it's safer to just get like knocked out once than it is to, be awake and take repeated blows it. to the yeah. face mm. which like yeah, you know you're true. tough enough you're tough enough not to get knocked out but then mike tyson gets to hit you 30 or 40 more times yeah that's not <laughs> ideal <laughs> i'd t- i'd get i'd 30 seconds in the ring for a half million dollars i'm i'm doing it wow especially I mean, like a- you know if i get to run around like i don't know just cover your face and hope for the best <laughs> I don't think that's, that's life changing money. To yield good results for you. I would need. Yeah. I'll, se- I'll set it up. I'll call Mike. Fight, <laughs> yeah, fight, some, fight some random person for half a million dollars <laughs> for thirty. Seconds. Yeah, do that for thirty so, seconds. So, Jeremy, what's on what's on your agenda going forward as far as like social media, your YouTube channel? Like, you can do. I think you're in the niche, which is really, I think, 
like you could potentially someday completely just make your living from YouTube, for example, just because people love doing, they love watching fascinating things. And you have a fascinating thing. You get golf balls at stuff, over stuff, onto stuff, through stuff. (laughs) Slow, you get a cool slow motion camera, spend a couple grand on a nice slow motion camera and just, man, you know, this is what ball, you know, contact with ball speed of 210 miles per hour looks like in 2000 frames per second. Like what's, uh, what's on your radar as far as growing, all of that stuff. Yeah. I mean, as far as the, the Instagram thing, you know, I feel like I got a pretty good hold of, and you know, my biggest challenge right now is just finding places, the time, the people to be able to shoot new content. And, um, but as far as the YouTube channel, I'm still trying to find what it is that's going to attract the most attention. Um, because the toughest thing about YouTube I do several different things between between you know baseball training tips. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. I, I think it just switched. You're okay. good now. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, between baseball training tips, um, workout tips, and stuff like that, I got a lot of different parts of my channel. Which uh, I've talked to other YouTubers, successful YouTubers, and stuff. Um, I don't know if you know John Madden from Ugo Pro Baseball. Um, mm-hmm. I did a podcast with him a couple of days ago and, and we had a very good conversation about it because I'm trying to look for ways to grow. And it's about finding that, that, that one kind of topic that will keep drawing your followers back in to watch and repeatedly and, uh, and for over a span of time. So you got to keep it interesting. So um, that's what my biggest goal is now is just trying to find what my audience would be most interested in for most consistently uh, when they when they log on to YouTube and stuff like that. So I'm going to try all sorts of stuff coming up in these next, you know, couple months and see what's gaining traction and uh, and see where it goes. Because I do, if I'm going to see YouTube as, as a possible, you know, career output, then I have to, I have to commit to something um, as far as that goes. I can't just keep jumping around with as many things as I can do. And that's kind of getting into YouTube too. That's kind of where I started actually is I, I wanted to be a YouTuber eventually. I just didn't know because I have a lot more things I'm very interested in and outside of baseball, um, which long drive was a more recent thing. But like I'm into cars, I'm into four wheelers and stuff like that, which are very successful channels that do all that stuff. But it was actually an impersonation I posted of Robinson Cano on YouTube on a, you know on my channel originally. And I just had it there for like three months. Someone took it off of YouTube and put it on their Twitter and it had like half a million views. And I just got all these text messages and stuff from old ball players, you know, teammates uh, asking if that was me. I'm like, holy cow, like who the heck shared that? And they didn't give yeah, me any mm-hmm. credit for it or anything. And I'm like, well, I guess that's a sign right there. I should start a channel doing impersonations. And um, that's how the channel started to begin with. So they, they just screen share, they just like screen recorded it and stole it or they, yeah. or they just took the link. No, they screen recorded it and put it on their Twitter. Did you so, call them out in any way? Like that's pretty, yeah, I mean, that's I, I like, called and then they started, and then when I started an Instagram, that video was still going viral. It was still like getting all these hits from other channels. And I kept asking them to throw me credit. And I remember like channels early on, like big channels saying like, um, Hey man, you know, we got this off of so-and-so that we gave them credit. Um, or, and then they, I don't know the one channel said something I can't I, I wish I could have screenshot it but something about like you know you got to work 
hard for to get to like this level or something like arrogant like as far as it goes like what yeah. like i'm i'm the person in the video like right. you can't deny <laughs> that like it was just it was frustrating but i mean at the end of the day i was like oh well i mean you gotta start somewhere so it kind of helped me I, I mean i don't know if it helped me or not but uh some of the people that came over to like originally you were like oh you're the guy that did the robbie cano impersonation because they already liked the video from another channel but um but yeah so it was it was quite a roller coaster ride to get where i'm at now but definitely definitely a lot more planned in the in the future yeah i always yeah. remember you doing the impersonations in the locker room like that was like <laughs> that was like a big thing right like you you know you impersonate guys in a team or whatever like ty or somebody because oh, ty yeah. had a That's very unique one well, he had a very unique uh, <laughs> setup, and he's like very rigid, and yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, he's got... <laughs> that was my favorite impersonation, man. He's got every rain delay. I, I, I still, I mean, you keep, keep in touch with Ty, so I still keep in touch with Ty a little bit. Um, yeah, it's just like he's just. If you guys don't know, Ty Kelly, he'll actually be in the World Baseball Classic, or excuse me, the Olympics. Whenever they for Team Israel, um, he's on Team Israel, and they qualified and everything. Just watch his batting stance, and you can you can get a. You know, you can see where we would take that in the locker room when Jeremy was doing it. It's just, uh, <laughs> just, uh -huh. just the awkwardness of like how he would stand. Very good hitter. I mean, don't get me wrong, like really good professional oh, hitter yeah. and scores everything up, but just like in it, probably something you wouldn't teach one of the younger guys that yeah. uh, steps in the box. It just had a lot of success with a very un unorthodox stance. My favorite thing that he did, like everything he did was so like just like by the book the way he fielded the way he did everything was just like you know what i mean there's nothing flashy about anything he ever did no, but like nothing. i thought it was hilarious because he had the best eye at the plate like he would always have more walks and strikeouts every year and i thought it was so funny like when he would be at the plate and like say a pitcher threw one up and away and they'll call it a strike and he knew it wasn't a strike and he'd look at the umpire like this they'd step out of the box in his next practice swing because he'd always do this like chopping motion but if he takes a pitch like up and away, he'd do this like for his next practice <laughs> <Yeah>. swing. <laughs> it's like his way of showing up the umpire without yeah. saying anything. He would take the but practice he... swing in the in at the location of the ball that he just took. <laughs> like it'd be, yeah, like a ball like coming in low. He'd like almost hit the ground on his practice. Oh swing. my god, yeah, that's I so funny. It. But, but yeah, yeah, that's, that's where the person. Go ahead. I was say with the impersonations, that was like my my favorite thing, like rain delays. Like if we're facing, you know, uh, the Red Sox, for example, because um, when I was there in, in in 2012 with Frederick, you know, they had like they had some super studs over there, like Xander yeah, Bogarts and Travis Shaw and yeah. um, Jackie Bradley Jr. Like whenever we get in rain delays, I just hop out of the dugout and start impersonating different guys on both teams. Uh, that was like one of my favorite things to do. Um, but yeah, that's kind of how. You know, like I said, growing up doing the impersonations to to playing on all the teams, I always just like I always like watching guys and see how they did things, and and I could just always emulate them. Yeah, it's a certain type of body control that you need. That some people just like I'm not good at impersonations. I can do I can do like a good old timey voice, but that's about the only mm -hmm. thing I can I can impersonate. <laughs> um, and obviously, batting stances. I don't know. It, it's weird that it's like not everyone can do that, but it's like. A definite skill for sure like the batting stance guy is super good at it obviously and yeah it's interesting he's got yeah. nothing on jeremy oh. i know nothing. he never nothing. hits he, he uses a wiffle ball bat but <laughs> but yeah I, I i always thought it'd be cool like one day to just get big enough with the impersonations that i could 
you know, show up to a ballpark, get a field pass and just take batting practice like with Stanton while I'm mimicking Stanton or something like that. <laughs> but right. I thought that'd be cool. Cause you see the batting stance guy, like he's got so many videos where he's like at the park while they're stretching, he's just imitating guys and they're just getting a good laugh out of it. But, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, just got to watermark your videos probably just put something like in, in oh, frame where now. they couldn't, yeah. they couldn't possibly cut it out. Cause if you put it like way in the corner, they could still like center cut you. But yep. yeah, no, I do it. I do it now. It's like down in the middle of it, but any, any video that I feel like it, it could go viral. I always watermark it now. Yeah. It's a shame. People just like will steal and just like, don't care. I mean, it's, I think it's harder probably than ever to enforce the stuff. Although there's some companies like Getty images, like they are well known for coming after anyone that acts, you know, like screenshots or uses one of their images and they'll mm-hmm. just give you this, you just get a letter. It's like, Hey, you owe us a thousand bucks. We know you use this photo here. Like here's the proof. There's like no getting out of it either. Cause I mean, you go to court, but really they like, these are real legal notices and they have a real law team that just like shakes people down. But then wow. again, doing like trying to do that yourself, like you're trying to go after those accounts that stole your stuff it's going to be hard probably to make it worth your while, but like a big company like Getty has just like tons of lawyers just churning out those notices, just paying for themselves, which yeah. it's just such a weird, the internet's weird with all that. I had, I had this guy, Trent Mongaro stole one of my, um, he's a, another YouTuber. He's like an older dude, but he just like basically stole my clip and basically stole the caption too. My buddy saw it. He's like, yeah, not a good look there. Plagiarizing coach Dan. And I'm like, yeah, dude, like that's clearly like my clip. I put it on Instagram like a day ago. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got it from someone else. Someone emailed it to me. It's like, you suck. Like, just yeah. just, just apologize. Like, you suck. And then he starts trying to go off on like a, like, oh, I know how hard we all work and like spouting some Christian stuff. It's like, dude, you just suck. Like, just stop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> so, yeah. But, but people, I mean, to your credit, people don't appreciate how much effort goes into even just like producing one clip like for me I, yeah. and I told him i'm like look dude i sat at a baseball game this was a slow motion clip i got and i commented on it i sat at a baseball game i bought a 1500 camera and i went to the ca- i went to a baseball game that i paid my way into with that camera got three hours of footage sifted through it found 30 clips that were good and then edited them and did all this stuff just so that you could steal it like people don't realize like what good content looks like. And like, you've been doing your swing stuff for forever and it's not easy to do that. And that's like your signature thing. In addition to clipping it and editing it and putting it on social media, like it's not just like stealing a, someone's, you know, like candy bar. Like it's a lot yeah. of effort. People don't appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. But... Especially when it's your image, you know? So yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Well, Jeremy, it was an awesome talk, man. I thought it was really interesting. I mean, I, I learned a lot about golf. I don't know much about golf. Um, and I just think the power thing, it's its super interesting just to hear, like, the things that you can do. And, and I, you seem to like you clearly have a bright future. Just you, Like you said, you have a lot of interests, and you, you're good at a lot of stuff, and you have a good social media pr- con- or presence and, like, a lot of different avenues that you could go. So I'm, I'm excited for you, man. That sounds That sounds awesome. No, I appreciate that, man. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see where, where it can take me. I'm just hoping that, you know, this whole shutdown ends soon and we could get back to, to getting on schedule with some of this stuff, but, but yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm all about it. And, and the biggest thing for me too, is just, just trying to help grow the sport. Like I said, I mean, I'm always yeah. trying to, trying to help guys, a lot of guys that are done playing baseball now, 
are trying to figure out a way to get into it. And I'm, I'm almost like that uh, bridge from the baseball mm-hmm. world into long drive that I'm trying to provide. And it's, it's pretty insane. The amount of inbox messages I get from guys just having questions about it, that I just forward everything I know about it to them and links and, and contacts if they have any further questions that I can't answer. So, so that goes for anyone out there that, that might be listening to that ever wants to get into it. Uh, just shoot me a DM on Instagram and, and uh, I'll send them whatever information I could help them with. Absolutely. Well, and that could be uh, I mean, a YouTube series for you as well. I mean, probably just compiling a lot of those questions, like how to get into long drive. I mean, is that a thing that you've done or is there anything like that out there? Uh, no, I mean, that is a great idea. I mean, like, you know, as far as, uh, as far as the channel goes and stuff, I always like to use that, um, you know, as far as like kids asking questions about hitting or further explain, I always send links to YouTube. So yeah, try to make it easier for everyone. That wouldn't be a bad idea to make one YouTube video to, to kind of forward everyone with all the information. Yeah. Save you some time at the least. Yeah, for sure. So where can people fo- uh, follow up with you on social media? Where would you like us to direct them to? Um, so Instagram is at the swingman underscore, uh, TikTok is the same at the swingman underscore, uh, Twitter. I just joined that. So I'm still learning that, but it's the same, uh, same, uh, uh, channel name. And then, uh, YouTube is the swingman. So, and then as far as the, any kind of gear, so I do sell hats and shirts and we actually are hey, coming out with some, thanks man. Um, we got some pretty awesome stuff. I've been product testing for the last few weeks. So we're announcing one of them next week, um, on there. So I'm going to have some more custom things coming out. So I'm pretty excited. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely check up, um, check up on on Jeremy, all of his swingman accounts. I mean, some really cool time. I mean, if you haven't seen him swing a golf club, you definitely need to jump over there and check it out. It's 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 it's, it's pretty fun. It's phenomenally, terrifyingly far that you can hit a golf ball. So it's it's awesome. It's, <laughs> it's good. It's, it's awesome. good rabbit hole material. You can just keep going like every single one sure. back and forth. Uh, For sure. Yeah. If you guys, uh, if I'm ever out in the Chicago way, man, and we have a scramble tournament in the area, we got to get together and golf. <laughs> oh, we, you know, but those scramble tournaments are, are, uh, by the, by the 13th hole, 14th hole, the golf oh, becomes, the golf becomes yeah. secondary. <laughs> We're good for the first nine. And I hundred percent agree with that. <laughs> Bob, he's got malort, malort on the golf course. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it becomes leisure, but for those, yeah, we've got to enter some big ones, some big, uh, some big prize tournaments. That's where you come in. Oh yeah. It'll be fun for sure. Well, thanks again, man. And Bobby, you want to read us out? Thanks, Jerry. I'm going to grab myself some of those, uh, some of that gear, the hat and everything. But uh, thanks for everybody for watching. Jeremy, thanks for coming on. We'll uh, see you. everybody on Tuesday. Yep. Morning brush back. See ya. Mm-hmm.